Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. An aging population, too few good jobs, out-migration. That's the sad economic story in many parts of the province, especially in western and central Newfoundland. The provincial government has seemed powerless to stop the decline. But now it seems they're looking to the Halibu First Nation as a key ingredient in the recipe for economic revival. As a First Nation, Halibu can leverage federal funds unavailable to the province. And Halibu communities cover a wide swath of the island, from the southwest to the northeast. Halibu already owns a number of profit-making enterprises and is developing an urban reserve. And it's ramping up its business side through changes at the Halibu Development Corporation, its arm's-length enterprise agency. Our guest this week is John Davis, who has been general manager for six months and now has a new board of directors. I spoke to John Davis about the provincial relationship, the way forward, and where the development corporation fits in. Development Corporation. It is a separate entity. It's, it's really set up to function as a as a private uh, company, which is owned. The main the main shareholder is actually the band council in and of itself. So uh, it's been around for uh, a number of years. Um, it, it moved forward uh, going back six or seven years ago, and I guess because of a whole where the band itself was brand new and there was issues with enrollment and all those kinds of things. It, um, you know, it, it, it didn't, it didn't quite take off in the way that uh, many had envisioned it. So, I guess the band has. Uh, has and and, what, and what, tell us a bit more about that. What, what do you mean by uh, by that? That it didn't take uh, off uh, as the way it was intended. Well, well uh, again, I mean, keeping in mind, I mean, that as a, as a commercial uh, operation, you know, the, the sole role of the QDC, the Health Development Corporation. Um, is to actually go out and identify new commercial business opportunities as a way to make money for the band and its members in the long term, and that's that's the really the only thing that we we are are focused on. So, um, uh, like I said, I guess kind of relating it back to four, five, six years ago, you know, the, the band itself was brand new. Uh, there was all kinds of other activities uh, taking place. And um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was really a capacity at that time to devote, a, you know, the full attention to uh, the QDC and the money-making piece. So yeah, I think there was a feeling that uh, they that these uh, various entities had had more financial potential than was than they were they were they they ought to have been bringing in more money than they were. I think was was the feeling. Well, uh, I, I guess that that's that's certainly a, a view. Uh, in in saying that, I guess where we are at present day, um, uh, I think we've I think we've done very well in the short term. Like we we don't own a lot of assets. Primarily, our two main business lines are in the commercial fishery and in uh, commercial real estate. And when I say real estate, we essentially own a small number of buildings. We have four office buildings that we own: two in Cornerbrook, one in Stephenville, one in Grand Falls, Windsor. Uh, in some cases, they house uh, our own staff, especially here in Cornbrook area. And uh, but we also have a fair number of uh, commercial tenants who just pay rent. So 
uh, you know, on our, on our commercial side, I mean, that, that represents, uh, you know, um, you know, the, the sole extent of, of our assets. Uh, when you look at the commercial fishery, again, you know, we're, we're, we're just kind of getting into that, uh, three, four, five years is not a long time. And really from an assets based point of view, uh, we own, um, we actually own a, a kind of like a separate company called, uh, uh Micmac Commercial Fisheries. And we own a, a 65 foot long liner. It's based in Winterton on the northeast coast. And, um, Halipu owns the license, um, and, you know, we have a, a skipper and a crew and they, they fish a number of species and we, we do a revenue share. So really our, our, our assets consist of the four buildings plus the longliner. Now we do have some other small boat uh, licenses, but primarily we just lease out those licenses. Uh, it's, it's more of a social enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's 15 of those kinds of licenses. Um, and it's, it's a small inshore related fishery. The fishers are primarily, uh, you know, fishing a little bit of ground fish, lobster, those kind of things. And really we're providing those licenses for them to make a good living. Uh, we, we just have a very flat fee, administrative fee, or a lease fee for those licenses and a 1% uh, ca- uh, uh, on the catch. So from, from an asset base in terms of what we actually own, you know, it would be the buildings and the long liner would, would really be the full extent of it. Right. And how many people are associated with the long liner in terms of the, the skipper and the crew? Uh, well, there's, there's one skipper, and I believe there's five crew members. Mm. So, like you're talking about a full complement of six. Yes, the uh, the website uh, on the website there's reference to uh, Eastern Door Logistics as as an yeah. asset of uh, of the corporation. What is that? Um, I guess East, Eastern Door uh, really is a joint venture uh, with a company out of uh, Buffalo, New York, called Samsung. And um, I guess it, it probably goes back a couple of or so years ago. Um, I guess what Samsung does, it's, a, it's like a family-owned business, and they're into what's called third-party logistics. Uh, they provide customs brokerage, uh, duty valuation, um, uh, customs and documentation services on both sides of the border, incidentally, to uh, primarily in Ontario, certainly in the U.S., so um, my understanding, that was a, a little bit before my time, uh, was that um, uh, we entered into discussions with them because uh, they were um, very interested, um, I'm talking about Samsung and, and, the, and the owners, um, you know, in expanding their Canadian marketplace and um, um, thought that, you know, uh, some kind of an arrangement with, with First Nations would be very advantageous. So... Um, essentially, what we've done, it, it was a, a banned initiative init- uh, uh, initially. Um, we're in the process of kind of reviewing with the whole idea of, of kind of transferring it fully under the auspices of the QDC. But really where we are, we, we don't own uh, any assets. Um, Halipu has not really put forward any money uh, because we still haven't secured any real commercial business um, uh, through the new joint venture of Eastern Doors. Mm. Um the, the American affiliate, you know, is looking for opportunities. Uh, we're also doing the, the, the very same thing, but in terms of the joint venture itself, you know, right now we're, we're still looking to try to land that first piece of business or, or contract. Right. But again, like there's, there's no assets or anything in place. Right, and I suppose the the uh, we've had a lot of talk about the urban reserve. I guess that would also come under the auspices of uh, of QDC once it was um, in place and uh, yep. and in development. 
Yes, exactly. And uh, that that uh, that one uh, for for our new board, uh, that one is certainly one of our major uh, priorities as we go forward. Uh, there's been a fair amount happening on that file in the last three or four months. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we've, we've identified a location just outside the, the Cornerbrook area. Really, it's, it's within within the city of Cornerbrook's boundaries, and primarily, I guess, uh, Cornerbrook is seen as being the largest uh, population center and the largest kind of commercial hub in in the western area. So, for an initial establishment of of, of that reserve, it uh, it was uh, you know the, the logical place to to look to establish it. So, I guess really where we are, we've we've applied to INAC for some uh, for some funding to start moving forward on a whole bunch of different fronts. Um, securing the land is one thing. Uh, part of that funding process would include doing pre-engineering assessments so that we would look at you know, are we looking at a 30 or a 40 acre site? You know, how would we have to design it? You know, for maximum benefit. Um, how do we link it into the city's water and sewer region infrastructure? So that that pre-engineering assessment, uh, we're very hopeful, will take place uh, starting late summer or early fall this year. Uh, another thing that we're looking at doing in conjunction with that would be, um, I guess, do some community consultations because we do want to get some input from um, you know from from our members and all of our communities as to you know what what kinds of services and commercial operations would you like to see in that reserve? Mm-hmm. We've already had some really good input back, uh, but uh, you know there may be other ideas out there as well. Um, I guess um, the other thing we're looking at doing is 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 kind of a kind of kind of taking a pre look really at our our pre marketing. Um, you know, how would we position this? Because again, you know, our primary role here with the QDC is that, uh, you know, if, if we have a certain kind of business mix associated with that reserve, um, you know, how do we, how do we derive the maximum amount of, um, of, of revenue from that? So, you know, part of that is going to be looking at, um, you know, what, what makes sense for this market? What, what things would we better, uh, uh, you know, stay away from because there's already a lot of competition in the area. You know, are there certain market niches or uh, opportunities, um, you know, that we could kind of jump into right away? So uh, all those things are, are, are ongoing. Uh, and, of course, once you get to to uh, that point, uh, you then also have to kind of enter into a negotiated process with the federal government uh, because urban reserves are, 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 are done as a part of a legislative process yes. in this country. So. So that's also something that we've embedded in our request to INAC for funding is, um, you know, a, a small amount of funding to to, to secure some legal uh, help uh, to begin those preliminary negotiations. And again, that's that's slated to happen, I guess, probably a little bit later. That that may be winter of 2019, which is not too too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when would uh, you expect that the actual construction of the of the urban reserve might start? We're probably it looks like we're is 2020 based on um, what you're saying uh, in terms of um, negotiations with the with yeah. the federal government? Yeah, and and I, and I think I think that's uh, that's probably a, a pretty good date. Um, uh, we, we've been asking those questions ourselves to try to find out, you know, for for those who've gone before us and who've done exactly the same thing, how long has it taken? And in some cases, it's taken two to three years. Um, we believe we can accelerate that to a certain degree because. With respect to the piece of work that we're undertaking this fall into the winter uh, coming, we're doing things concurrently with our legal, our pre-engineering, with our negotiations, and all those things. So, 
um, you know, we expect we're going to have a, a large piece of the work done and hopefully even the negotiated elements of it, uh, you know, certainly by this time next year, in which case then we can start to look at, uh, okay, how, how do we move directly into into a construction phase, you know, actually build and construct. So that would certainly be, a, you know, the, the, the year 2020, um, you know, I would I would cross my fingers and hope we could even do it a little bit sooner than that, but... Mm. But realistically, you know, I think we're we're probably 18 months, uh, 24 months out before, you know, we get a shovel down into the ground. Now, let's talk about your your new board of directors. You mm-hmm. um, uh, you came on in December, and uh, I think it's been a, about a month and a half ago. Uh, new uh, directors were appointed to the um, Alibu Development Corporation. Tell us who they are. Well, uh, the directors are Marie Stagg, uh, who uh, represents our, our Bay St. George area. Uh, Mr. Keith Cormier uh, is the chair of our board. Uh, Mr. Dion Hancock is the vice chair. They both uh, kind of loosely represent, I guess, the Cornwall Bay of Islands areas. Uh, Shane McDonald has come on. He's representing the, the central portion of the province and um, 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 and I, I guess ma- many of your listeners would 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 know him uh, because of his strong connection and his roots in Con River. Um, uh, of course, Chief Brendan Mitchell uh, is there in an ex officio ca- uh, capacity, and Keith Golding is our band manager. He, he's there as a as a voting director as well. So so that and myself, I'm also there as a director. Yes. Now let me ask you about the uh, the chief and Keith Golding uh, being uh, being on as. Uh as a director in Keith Golding's uh, uh, situation and uh, the chief as ex officio, um, mm-hmm. our understanding was that the new board would be arm's length from yeah. um, from chief and council so as to better focus on, on the business aspects. As you've indicated, uh, you know, your your challenge is, is to uh, maximize the economic um, potential of your, of your holdings. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course the, uh, the chief is the political leader of the band as as chief, and um, you know we know as a as a person he's very passionate about uh, about things, and I I can see that at a at a director's meeting he's going to have a great deal to say. So does that fit with your with your mandate to be arm's length if uh, if the chief in particular is on the board? Uh, I I think so. Um, um, uh, you know, the understanding I mean that. There had been, a, I guess, about a, a, a 18 months, two years of deliberations at the council level about reconstituting the QDC um, and, and putting in place a, a newly constituted board of directors. So my understanding, I, I wasn't part of those discussions, uh, certainly directly. I wasn't even with Halipu at the time uh, or with QDC. But um, my understanding, you know, is that all of those things, you know, were, were thoroughly discussed and, and, and aired. Uh, I, I don't think it infringes upon uh, QDC as being an arm's length organization as such. Uh, we've got a really strong board there. Uh, the external members all bring a very considerable amount of experience in terms of business development and you know and, and, and other skill sets. Uh, I guess from the chief uh, chief and 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 the band manager's point of view, um, you know that they 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 bring a whole. Um, uh, I guess kind of a corporate memory, you know, from, from the band and their own involvements and their own experiences uh, before uh, before uh, uh, Mr. Mitchell was the chief and before Keith Golding was the the band manager. So I believe it was just seen that uh, you know they they would certainly bring something uh, to the board, 
and, and as you said, you know that the chief is ex officio, so I mean he, he doesn't he doesn't you know specifically uh, have a vote. Um, and um, at our at our first couple of board meetings that we've had, you know we, we've had a, a bit of a discussion about all, all of our respective roles. So I think as long as we're all clear in terms of um, of what we're trying to do and 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 also keeping in mind that um, you know from a QDC point of view, we do have a set of parameters. Um, you know that, that specifically outline you know our level of delegated authority, what we can do on our own uh, versus you know what may have to be um, you know a bump to the, the full council. But they would they would more be, be policy directions and those kinds of things, as opposed to getting involved in any kind of day to day operation and certainly in terms of the investments. Um, now, John, you you have a uh, a background working with the with the province. You were with. Um, Enterprise uh, Newfoundland Labrador, which is, uh, I guess, um, an organization, an agency of the of the province, kind of similar to uh, to yeah. QDC, being a provincial crown corporation, um, and um, you've um, you've had uh, involvement in in tourism uh, uh, at the provincial level, um, and um, we get the sense uh, that the province is counting on. The Halibut Band and the the economic uh, development it, it can bring into uh, Halibut territory as a as kind of a as part of provincial economic development. So, tell us what um, tell us what uh, your uh, what sense you have of what the of what the province is is expecting of you uh, as the development corporation. Um. um... I guess uh, even before I had started here with QDC back in December, as you just said, um, uh, I had been I had done a 30-year career with the uh, with the provincial government, um, and that that entire career was spent with their uh, uh, business and economic development um, uh, arm. Um, we seemed like we were always kind of reinventing the department, and at one point in time, we were a crown corporation. Uh, but my my entire focus, and even previous to that, I had I had spent some time working with uh, a couple of federal uh, departments. Um, so my own, my own background certainly is has been in business development, business financing, and and economic development. I guess even before, as I said, uh, I I started work with Halapu. My last couple of years, I was at a director level with provincial government, and we were certainly paying an awful lot of attention to Halapu. And when, and again, when you look at just the sheer size of the band in terms of its numbers, you know we're somewhere around 12,000 members. Um, we're uh, 76 communities, uh, 475 kilometers between one end to the other. Uh, we incorporate some of the major communities in this province, both urban and rural, uh, multi-sectored in terms of forestry, agriculture, certainly fisheries. Uh, you know, uh, uh, service, uh, retail. And the list goes on. So, we we have an awful lot to work with, and I believe um, and I believe government has recognized that uh, we are getting invited to participate um, in certain kinds of government-related processes and consultations that I think even two or three years ago we probably wouldn't have been. And just to give you an example, in recent times, uh, government has struck a steering committee. Uh, there's a cabinet committee which is dealing with an employment prospects for the province. And they've they've kind of narrowed that down to three areas where they believe which they believe represent the best prospects for uh, in creating employment in you know in the short, medium, and long terms: forestry, egg foods, 
and innovation and technology being one sector. And in each case, uh, we have been invited to participate uh, on the steering committee. So, um, and, and we're not just there to kind of fill a seat. Um, you know, the, the government has already done the long-term plans. Now what they've asked these steering committees to do is really uh, come up with, uh, with, with short-term operational plans. So we're, we're, kind, of, we're kind of on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose just, from the province's uh, point of view, you – uh, as a First Nation bank, can leverage uh, federal funding that might not be available to the province. Um, yeah. uh, so you, uh, I guess, you can sort of uh, be the uh, the escalator of um, of business development because of your status as a First Nations bank. Well, absolutely, and that that is a really good point because um, you know uh, here, here in this province, so we, we've been into uh, you know quite an economic tailspin over the last couple of years. And I guess the whole debate around that, you know, why did we end up where we were after coming off, you know, five or six years of, of, of huge surpluses based on oil revenue. And I guess the main criticism has been, you know, we haven't been diversified enough. We've, we've put all of our eggs into the oil and gas basket. So I, th- I think with this particular uh, government, uh, you know, they, they understand that and they're, they're really reaching out to any kind of an organization or a structure. Um, or a private sector operation uh, that can tr- contribute to that, and as you've, I think, very rightly put forward, I think they recognize. You mean that uh, you know the First Nations, not just Halapu, the other First Nations in this province. You know, we have access to a level of programming and services that no other organization or private sector operation in this province can access. John Davis, General Manager of the Halapu Development Corporation. And that's it for the show. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio, on the Voice of Bombay in Norris Point and Rocky Harbor, and in St. John's. Tune in on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.